Welcome back, folks. We're officially at episode three. I know you can't believe it either. We're talking about a Flat Earth documentary today, sibling birth order theory, and of course, the charming Emmylou Harris. And we'll end that all with our classic Discover Weekly section. Thanks for tuning in. This is Featured Picks. It's been a pretty momentous weekend. I mean... We've got a lot to talk about. When don't we? We always got something to say. You may be wondering... Are they going to be talking Avengers? Is it Game of Thrones? What's it going to be? It's even bigger than both of those things. You could definitely say that. And you'd have to agree. And we, we are saying that for we sure. We are saying it without a doubt because we received our first ever featured pick I mean, from somebody who's not us. How friend about of the that? show. Friend of the show, Katie Johnston. Our very first one. Very first. It's, it's a big and deal. I know fans... A lot of you sent in some featured picks this week, and we will get <laughs> we, to those. We got over 100 submissions, and we just we, we had to you guys, start okay? with our, our day ones, you know? So, it's Katie. only fair. She was first. She, she was. was first. She was. It's she true. Was first. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, maybe be quicker on the draw next time, folks. It, uh, her submission was not only the first, but also perhaps the weirdest. <laughs> it's going to be hard to top. I mean, it, it, really, it cuts through. And I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it. That was the weirdest part. We should probably yes. get to it. We should get to it. It is Salvatore Ganacci's Horse, the official music <laughs> video. Almost, it's got three million views in a week. Three million. I, I didn't realize it was so recent. That's yeah. crazy. Um, so this this music video, <laughs> um, this, the song is entirely electronic. It's, think, think like Eastern European um, trap house type. Um, kind of yeah. like a club music yeah. type thing. It's, yeah. it's the driving beat. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Very bizarre, very surreal. It feels like yeah. like a fever dream that you wake yeah. up from in a cold sweat. I my hands were kind of like I was sweating a little bit watching it. It just was it was an experience. It's I weird. really had no idea what to expect. But I didn't either. I didn't know where it was gonna go. I guess we'll just kind of give you like a little summary. Work our way through. Yeah, it, it kind of starts off with these like four people or so as like a grandma, an Asian man, a like Euro trash looking guy. <laughs> <laughs> And like a grandma, what else? I think I think that that's it. it. Yeah. And so they're all abusing animals. Like I guess, like but, a CGI like panda. Like not is, yeah. It's not a harsh abuse. No, it's, it's there's nothing graphic. It's, it's, it's very like, light. It's like they have one. It's like a little car bumper moving forward and backwards like repeatedly. Like a panda's head. A yeah. Panda's head. Yeah. It shows a guy driving the car and he's like going back and forth. Like, and then we zoom out and we see this panda against a tree in his head. It's it's almost like it's tapping his head. Just yeah, a light. Like, it's not like it's like it's not violent it's at not all. Like, it's not, not pandas like being destroyed. Nothing too upsetting. But. There's a panda, a lion, I think, a horse. A horse. Yeah. Yep. And something else. And a sheep. A sheep. Yeah. And so then. It it seems that a, a seagull then flies. I think to it was the, an eagle. Uh, like it, was, it was an it was eagle. Like, it might have been a falcon. Or maybe a falcon. A white falcon. Some maybe? kind of regal Maltese bird. Falcon. Something avian. Uh, <laughs> in the avian species, I guess. And he he, he apparently informs uh, while, while this, the man, this man. The man is sitting in an empty <laughs> warehouse, wearing a bird full white jumpsuit. To him. Uh, Shoulder length, straightened blonde hair. Think Jared Leto in a beard, but Walmart Western Jared Leto. European, literally Euro trash Jared. Euro trash Jared that's, Leto. That's this guy, Salvatore. He Ganassi. shows up in the white jumpsuit to yes. save the animals and starts doing the exact same things that are being done to the animals, to the people. Yeah. All po- while arriving justice, in some might say. a. He was driving in this large leather shoe that yes. was driving across the uh, road. It seems to like kind of glide along the ground. Yes. It's no very interesting. I'd love to ride in it. I mean, it's it seems I mean, very nice. We'll but... probably be able to after this episode comes out. 
Well, he'll he'll uh, he'll hit us up and yeah, sponsor sure. us. Yeah. That. Well, that'll be up a Patreon subscriber feature. You can see us riding in the shoe <laughs> with Salvatore. <laughs> with Salvatore. Salvatore Ganacci. Um, sorry, we called you Euro Trash. But he so he ends up saving all of the animals after you know giving due justice to these abusers. Yeah. And he you know they all ride in the shoe into the sunset together. And that's literally it's God intended. It's it's, it's just two, the way God. Two minutes and forty seven seconds of pure bliss. An ethereal uh, scene. It's you know whenever you're hanging out in the living room and you're having just a nice little Chromecast binge of YouTube videos. This is a great one to really one up everybody else's weird YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah, it, it stands alone. I think you could it, say. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you'll you'll stop uh, you'll stop conversations with this yeah. one. There's only one word uttered the entire time, and it's him going. What? what? When he hears the bald eagle yep. talk to he's him. He's sitting in a chair and he stands up and the chair is like on a string or something and it's dragged at it least like 30 feet across away. this warehouse. It is a great video. I really enjoyed it. I didn't think I was going to like it as much as I did. I, I Seeing the clips, I was kind of like, okay, what, what are we about to get into? But I went in not knowing anything I'm about st- this. I'm still a bit confused. And I remember, I, I, so it, it starts off and it's, and it's panning between all the humans, right, in the music video, and then all of a sudden it pans to the sheep who is, like, hiding behind a tree, and I kind of got chills a little bit, and I was like, am I going to be, like, scared by this? I was a little frightened at first. I was, sheep I is very ominous. Yeah. It, it was. was. It was like, because, you know, like, they say, like, goats are, like, a, like a demonic symbol. I was, right. like, I was like, where are we going with this? Yeah. But then it went to, like the horse and i was like okay i felt better seeing the panda person the panda was very that was comforting he was a comforting presence throughout the entire video definitely for Um, sure yeah check it out salvatore ganacci's horse official music Uh, video official music video in parentheses in parentheses uh yeah thanks again katie for sending us in the featured pick your feet pick if you will thanks for sending us your feet pics thanks katie we appreciate it. Send us more. <laughs> it was great. Send us more. <laughs> Got it framed on the wall now. It's fantastic. Well, anyways, Josh, you wanna you wanna let the folks know what they're listening to today. Well, we're gonna kick it off with our very own Mr. Brad Lawbach, and he's gonna be talking a little bit about a certain documentary uh, that might deal with the flat Earth. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Brad? <laughs> I'd love to. So I'm I'm a little late to the party on this one. I'll be honest. There's there's been talk of this documentary circulating for a little while, but I you know across the dark web ac- across the dark web uh, places that the government really sure doesn't want you to know about where deep state operatives can't infiltrate your mind. Uh, you know, I mean, this was clearly intended to be a parody of the flat earthers, but honestly, I think it's just exposing the truth. <laughs> I am I a believer now. Who's to say? I, I keep staring at my Alexa, hoping she's not uh, transmitting this conversation. Can we, can we unplug, Should we unplug her real quick? Yeah, I mean, that, let's just go don't, don't speak her name. She might activate uh, <laughs> that forbidden name. Anyways, this is uh, a documentary that you can find on Netflix. It's called Behind the Curve, which I think that's nice. a very poetic name. Very nice. uh, Very, very poetic for the Flat Earthers. But, um, so it, it kind of it follows a couple of the, uh, the leaders of the Flat Earth community. And they find themselves to be incredibly important. Uh, and it's some, like, this very heightened sense of importance. And I think it's because they are now very empowered by all, like, the conferences and news coverage that they're getting. They think mm-hmm. that people are taking them more seriously than they are, perhaps. They're getting some attention. They are certainly getting a lot of attention. But uh, I'd like to go into a couple of the, the finer details of the Flat Earth uh, conspiracy. <laughs> Bring it on. Uh, because I think people don't fully understand exactly what these people believe and they just go oh you know the earth is flat whatever they're crazy people but yeah not me it gets couldn't be me if you delve in a little deeper it gets a little crazier 
So the gist of it is, yes, the Earth is not a sphere, but a flat plane. Of course. Uh, but Obviously. you may be thinking, what's at the end of the flat plane? I was thinking uh, that. So it's actually, it's not just an edge. You can't just walk off the side. It's a wall of ice. The South Pole actually what? stretches around the entire of disk of the world. Uh, it's, it's a Game of Thrones-style ice wall wow. that, like, blocks everybody in. Wow. Uh, and then... On top of this, uh, this disc, there's some differing thought now. This is where we start to get into branching communities of <laughs> oh, the flat. Our subgroups. Do yes, you, you, you do have sub the squares subgroups. and the circles. That's right. So it's it can either be covered by a giant dome. Of course. Um, it can either be an empty void. Uh, oh, yeah, you know that cool. goes on and there's you know again a lot of differing thought. Very cool. My biggest unanswered question about the disc by the end of this documentary is. Is it, like, <laughs> suspended in space? Is there ground underneath the disc? Are if you dig far planets? enough into the disc, will you fall into the void? Well, I mean, uh, if it's flat on the bottom... Is there gravity below? I, I mean... Well, see, they don't believe in gravity, though, right? Well, because oh. gravity's a lie. Well, that... Well, I because that. we're just standing on the flat... I mean... We're just uh, standing. We're, I mean, well, it's go? flat. We're just... It's going straight down. We don't down. need gravity. We don't need it. Yeah. Exactly. Who, who needs gravity? Because you don't have to stay on a sphere. That's you're right. On the, you're on the flat disc. We're not upside down. We're all standing right side up. Um, and again, I you know, if there is a giant dome over the uh, over the the disc, wh who put the dome there? <laughs> yeah. Well, how how on earth could somebody construct a dome so massive? Now, I don't want to open a can of worms, but I guess that would also disprove us going to the moon, yeah? Oh, well, of course that's fake. Well, well, see, well yeah, well, see, that's, okay, that's already well, common knowledge the, the going into this, I guess. The moon and the sun reside within the dome, see? Oh, And they, they, big they, dome. they rotate throughout the air. Well, they're much smaller than the, the scientists would have you believe. Well, of course, of course. Because they fit inside the dome. That makes sense. Exactly, because they have to be inside the dome. Size of a small um, city, I've heard. But you could say that. Maybe Alpharetta, maybe Roswell. Um, no. Yeah, so there's, there's a very fascinating segment where... Uh, it shows this man who has now his entire life, uh, his, his his whole job is to make models of the flat Earth. Life well spent. And he takes cool. a lot of pride in this, and they are, to be honest, they're really cool and they're kind of wobbling. <laughs> they like, like physical models. You no, know, it's like it's like this this beautiful handcrafted model, Ooh. and it's got this mechanical arms that attach to the sun and moon lights, and they oh, wow. spin around what? to simulate the day and night cycle. It's actually it's, cool. it's quite cool. Are, are they on Etsy? I don't know. I haven't. I'm afraid they're going to be really expensive. I feel like they're again, bucks. they're all handmade, and you can oh, get them in yeah. various sizes and whatnot. But okay. it's it's a very cool. So we'll thing. get the largest one for the studio, for probably, sure. Yeah. Of for course, sure. for the stew. Um, but it's it's very fascinating, and they all like wholeheartedly believe this so much. Like so, all three of us, that that wasn't very apparent. We well, all are flat earthers, obviously. Um, <laughs> we believe. I will go on record. <laughs> you know, again, this documentary is clearly meant to show how ridiculous a theory is, but. I'm only further cemented. <laughs> I've dug my feet in further. Look, I've done my research, okay? And the research shows... The facts don't All those lie. scientists, bunch of liars. That's okay? right. You can't Sometimes. trust them. You That's can't right. trust them. You know what NASA stands for? Never a straight answer. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. All those those government shills are lying. Hey, Amen. I was, I was trying to predict what it was going to be, and I, I couldn't think of something fast <laughs> enough. <laughs> That's a nice little uh, last podcast on the left shout out there. Uh, go give them a listen show. to, but of, of course after you're done here. Shout out to our friends. Um, but yeah, so you know, there's there's a couple unanswered questions. And uh, in, in even they understand that there are some unanswered questions. Not You know, they're not entirely sure. You know, how big is the dome? Is there a dome? Is it a void? What's outside the void? Are there other multiple flat planes 
existing out there. You know, I mean, no, just live in the now. You don't, think, you don't worry about that. We're living right now. And it's it's we're a very dome. hypocritical thing because they all talk about, oh, that's how you know stupid do you have to believe to think that we're on a sphere shooting thousands of millions of miles through space, you know, orbiting how the sun. How dumb could you be? Because <laughs> just, I mean, the other planets being spheres and like, rotating might not, throw you off. I don't know. But, so, I mean, those are just projections by the end. These are so all speculation. Their logic for disproving why we're moving millions of miles per hour through space, right, is you get into a car and you go 60 miles an hour, you'll feel it, right? That's true. You feel it going fast. If we're going millions of miles an hour right now, why the hell aren't we just flying off the disc? Huh? I don't feel like I'm zooming right now. Gravity? Explain that, scientist. Gravity question mark? No, no, you can't explain it. You can't explain it because gravity doesn't exist. Gravity is a, is a myth. It's a, it's simply a theory. Created by the Russians during the Cold War. Yeah. Is, these are just facts. Look, I just, you know, open your eyes maybe for just a, just a minute. Open, okay? open your freaking eyes. 60 seconds, Ask you'll a question. know. <laughs> and, and speaking of asking a question, so this kind of raises a couple... It, it has this sort of deeper underlying commentary of... Uh, conspiracy thought, which I, mm. is, I think is very fascinating, because I myself, I love a good conspiracy theory, Eat as up. as many of my friends know uh, from late night <laughs> rants. It's I can't believe it's taken three episodes to get here. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe it wasn't episode one. Um, <laughs> Had to ease them into it. Well, we'll have a couple treats for you in terms of conspiracies down Maybe the line. Maybe even season but, finale. Um, who knows? Who's to say? It it raises kind of this really interesting commentary throughout the uh, the latter half of the documentary, which I think is kind of the highlight of it, in all honesty. And it shows kind of how dangerous it can be when you really, like, delve into one of these things and you find yourself in this echo chamber of, like, everybody going back and forth about, like, you know, you, you have this whole group of people who believe that the Earth is flat. Yep. So... Um, I, I believe that it's healthy to, you know, ask questions and to not just believe everything that you hear and take everything at face value and really dig a little deeper. I think it's great, you know, that people are doing this, but there comes a point where you have to believe hard evidence that is yeah. placed before you. Yeah. Like there, there's a segment where they buy this like $20,000 gyroscope, right? You have to have and the theory one. is that, you know, if the Earth rotates at a certain speed, that this gyroscope will be off by a certain amount of degrees, uh, if that were true, right? Right. So, they perform their experiment, and sure enough, the gyroscope tells them that the Earth is rotating at oh, exactly no. the rate. But... They don't believe this. <laughs> they're all just they're all just like frozen. They're like they go. This must be some cheap gyroscope. <laughs> well, they go. Well, clearly there's a signal interfering with the gyroscope. So yeah, to take duh. this a step further, we have to encase it in this like really dense metal to block any outside signals that are interfering with the gyroscope. Because clearly it's being you know it's being compromised. <laughs> Did it happen to uh, reach that same reading again? After uh, I don't know. They hadn't performed yet at the time of the closing oh, of the documentary. Okay. Well, we'll have the, to, very, very, very convenient. Very convenient. There were crazy. a couple of quotes uh, where they were like, "This is going to ruin us if it gets out." <laughs> oh God. So, uh, clearly, there was a little trouble in paradise there. Uh, but you know, again, so, and and they they tell a bunch of these testimonials where some people are kind of coming up to the camera and he's like, "Yeah, like my wife left me. I just I just got finished filing the divorce, and it's it's really sad." And they're oh, like, my. "Yeah, like I don't talk to my family very much anymore." And it's like, it shows just how, like, if you get so stooped into this and you make like your we entire are. life about the flat earth. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, okay. I mean, for, you, for instance, the you main... You picked a hill to die on, for sure. The right one. That's I mean, right. What a cause. What a cause. What a cause. So noble. Um, Lost his family for it. 
like the guy wears only like flat earth t-shirts and like that's, yeah, that's like his know. entire wardrobe is like his own flat earth t-shirts that he's made <laughs> we're all currently wearing flat earth t-shirts i can't see it right now but uh, uh go ahead and pull up the store we've actually yeah. got some, uh, some heat picks flat our earth very t-shirts first merch will be flat earth merch uh, but yeah, it's it's really sad, and you can tell that these people only can find friends within the flat Earth community. I mean, it's a very apparent why. Yeah, that's the case. It, yeah, it really is. Because that's why we're all friends. Again, that's why we're all here. I mean, yeah. Three I of mean, us. That's all we can find because <laughs> we're, we're all a bunch of flat Earthers hanging out. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's it just becomes this like echo chamber, and they get so stooped in groupthink, and it just becomes a instead of them asking. I wonder if this is true. Let's see if we can prove it. They go, without a doubt, this is true. Now we have to try to prove it. And they really can't. <laughs> what comes to mind when you talk about the Flat Earth Society is uh, the the group from Parks and Rec. The Zorb worshippers, the lizard people. Yes. And uh, every year they schedule when D-Day is coming and when the world is going to end. So they have to rent out a piece in the park. You know, so a plot right. of land. And it doesn't come. And they go, oh, we, we miscalculated. We're, we're going to have to... It's going to be... How does... May twenty third sound <laughs> and and Leslie's like yeah 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 that's that yeah we'll works reserve for, us. for you we'll yeah. reserve that spot for you uh, that's what I think of whenever I think of them it's it's pretty accurate yeah um but yeah I, th- I think the moral of the story is you know to go you know question authority every now and again do a little research don't take everything you read at face value you know find out for yourself but that's right. when the evidence is undeniable <laughs> and you can literally do a test from your own home that proves you wrong. You you kind of got to step up and say my bad. Maybe we switch ideologies. Maybe we switch around a little bit. Um, but it's it's a very entertaining and enlightening uh, documentary. I want to watch it. I would it highly now. recommend it. Yeah, I definitely will. I I honestly want to start subscribing to some of their flat Earth podcasts because first of all, I'm like, what could you possibly talk about? For I mean, again, these people have recorded hundreds of episodes. That's crazy. Um. And, oh, I forgot to mention this, uh, how it all started was this guy uh, who used to work for NASA as some sort of, like, graphics expert, allegedly. He has no hard proof of this, of course, (laughs) but he allegedly overheard uh, at some party that they were, all these, you know, NASA scientists were talking behind closed doors, and they were saying, like, how, like, the moon landing was fake and all that. And so it's it's all just this one dude who is literally, you just have to trust his word. Uh, and it just spiraled into this movement. Sometimes. And it's, it's a really fascinating thing to learn wow. about. Yeah. I will check that out. Would love to. As, as someone who believes in, you know, some some kind of off-the-wall conspiracy theories myself, it's a, it's a nice... Someone who dabbles. You know, it kind of makes me step back a little bit. And, <laughs> and double down. It's a nice down. reality check. And double down and say, <laughs> I'm not going to believe we're it. Right. Dig these heels in. But, I mean, you also have to wonder... Is this whole thing a giant government propaganda, you know, movement to get you to think, oh, conspiracy theories are insane? Right. You got to be crazy to believe this. Is it engineered by the government? Who knows? I mean, something you got to think about. Is it possible? Yes. Is it likely? (laughs) Also, yes. Also, yes. Yeah, almost Uh without a doubt. It's incredibly (laughs) likely. If they aren't doing it now... They probably are about to, right? These heroes of our flat Earth community are being <laughs> I mean, we slandered. Have to call them heroes. They, they are, are they absolute are martyrs champions, of our generation. Champions of the people are being just <laughs> viciously attacked 
You really so just much hate this, li- this yeah, libel that is being thrown at them. Ruining lives. Like like they're just on some stage for our entertainment. They're losing friends, they're losing family. I mean, they're at, heroes, damn At it. a noble cost. You know what? They're, they're willing to sacrifice it all <laughs> to <laughs> let us They're know. risking it all. And for if you this go ahead and um, buy a flat earth tea in the shop today, <laughs> we will donate 5% <laughs> of proceeds to um, all flat earth communities out there that have been affected by this tragedy. Uh, apparently, they are raising money for an expedition to the ice wall. What? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's wow. very exciting stuff. That is very exciting. I know where I'm going. So, Room on that ship for me? <laughs> I, I think it would Always. be a lot of fun for us all to go to a Flat Earth convention, in all honesty. Do they like come to Atlanta? They, or... they have local gatherings, seemingly, around the country. They had their first international conference. Listen, I'm so in. I'm honestly in. I now, definitely would. The only problem is the screen that they flashed with ticket prices, it was like 150 bucks minimum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's because uh, they need the money. Again, apparently. they, they got to keep the government chills out of there. That's okay? right. They, gotta they, they don't want just... The casual troll, some to, Joe Blow, yeah. to walk in, mm. some twenty five dollars. No like, way, you gotta believe in the cause. Yeah. You gotta pay one fifty to right. and you gotta line the pockets of those, those <laughs> flat Earth execs. That's right, baby. baby. We uh, are the flat Earth execs. We're the being way. paid off by that. This episode is brought to you this by the flat Earth Society. Anyways, uh, very fun documentary. Gives you a lot to think about. I mean, I tell you, uh, good or bad. <laughs> it's good or bad. I'm not sure. I but we are. All I loved it. I was enthralled. Check it out. It's on Netflix. It's Behind the Curve. That's it. That's it. That's all, folks. That's, that's all we the got. show. That's, <laughs> that's a lie. Thanks for tuning in. We've got plenty more we do have plenty hot to topics coming in we, for you. We have a whole hodgepodge of things <laughs> today, a real let me tell you. I mean, I mean, I guess we'll just throw it to Tommy here uh, for his little little sibling I mean, therapy. Good Not luck. Therapy. Good theory. luck following that. <laughs> sibling therapy. Well, in a way. Uh, you know, I appreciate that. It's going to be a therapy session. It really... it. I had a nice little uh, come to Jesus with my, you know what? We're gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about get it. We're gonna it. get into get it. Into Let's it. get into Why it. Why don't you just you know tell us what you're talking? Dive in. About. I'm gonna be talking about the effects that birth order has on personality. See, I come from a family of four boys. My dad has nine brothers and three sisters, and my mom has three sisters and two brothers. So I've always been interested in the phenomenon that is birth order, which basically um, birth order is defined as the chronological order of sibling births in a family. So you have the Very oldest, named. exactly. I mean, the oldest, the middle child, the youngest, and an only child. Those are the four categories. Is how it works. Um, I also believe that understanding your birth order is important to see how you are as a person. I feel like a lot of people don't get the chance to sit and kind of understand themselves or you you just kind of take time and learn about yourself. And I think that birth order is a big factor in what makes you, you. And so I felt like it was my featured pick. And that's that's what it's nice about this show. Being abused by an older sibling absolutely makes you who you are. <laughs> it builds character. It, it, it makes you stronger. That is, These are facts, you know? And maybe the other way around. Some, some abusing, government scientist to tell me that Abusing a one. younger sibling and gives you some type of feeling as well. Same exact thing. It, it, what goes around comes around. My, uh, my, my, sorry. My study is based on a man named Dr. Alfred Adler, who was the pioneer in studies on birth order uh, in the 1800s, actually. Oh, a beautiful when, citation. When it all started. Thank you. We're going to put that in MLA That's going to be MLA too. format. MLA. We, we are an MLA format household. You can find the word site in, in the bio. If you use APA, please go ahead and just unsubscribe. Just, just, hit, just the hit the pause button. Go listen to something else. Um, we're not an APA family. I guess it makes sense to start with the oldest child. So Of course. 
Things we know about the oldest child. As per usual. As per usual. Typical. Classic oldest child. Couldn't be me. Uh, they're typically the leaders. They are self-motivated. They had the most attention growing up, obviously. We all... Oh. We, we all this. have older yeah, siblings. We so we know this. We know this. It's facts. They tend to also mature faster, typically, because they're the <laughs> ones... Which, which is... We're, yeah. It's debatable. It's debatable if they mature faster. But it's because often they're dragged along to their parents' hangouts with their friends or they're sitting at dinner while all their parents are talking and they're just hanging out doing nothing i know i've been there a million and one times my parents love my parents to death uh they love to talk to people and they're very friendly it's where i get it from but man as a kid (laughs) sitting there conversing with all these adults i was like okay i learn small talk real you learn how to small talk for sure I know that my older brother laments a lot about being the guinea pig of the family. So um, in schools that he was put in, uh, parenting styles my parents tried. I mean, the whole nine yards. It's the the oldest child really is the guinea pig. That's kind of how it works. Very and true. you don't choose it, let me tell you. You hey, do not choose it. It works because we all just get our cell phones a year earlier. That's right. Middle children. That's right. <laughs> That's what we, it's all about. We, we get the good, we get yeah, the good stuff. Tell you what. <laughs> It makes it all worth it in the end. It, it really did. That extra year, I mean, that really just means it, a lot. It's nice. It really is. We'll get to the middle children. Don't you worry. We're, we will get there. Um, second born gang we out here. <laughs> Hashtag second born gang. Get it trending. A, uh, a, a plus for older children uh, is that due to the high amount of attention and affection they get from their parents, they also have high expectations placed on them. So often mm-hmm. they're the ones who their parents are like, you're going to be successful. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. And that can go one of two ways. Not me. You, 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 you either crumble under the pressure or you become very motivated and successful because of it, which is cool. Uh, I've seen it go both ways many a time. Same. Definitely same. Um, I also wanted to talk about some famous oldest children. Oh. We have Kourtney Kardashian. Oh, of course. Of Good course. Court. Had Good to court. be. Had to be. What's up, Court? Um, Keanu Reeves, the boy. Oh, Friend of the show. A friend, friend of the, of the show, show for sure. We we love Keanu. We'll have him on when John Wick 3 drops. That's yeah, right. he, when he's doing the Bill and Ted 3 promo tour, he will be stopping by. He'll be stopping by uh, for the sure, studio for sure. for sure. We also have Emma Watson, the, the I mean, a queen. Queen, a queen. absolutely. A true a queen. queen. Beyonce, the other queen. Queen, Queen B. Um, Taylor Swift, J.K. Rowling, <laughs> Kate <laughs> Middleton, Oprah Winfrey, and Rihanna are all some famous oldest children. All pretty successful. Becca Riri definitely has all these child vibes. Oh, that's facts. Yeah, she's, I mean, you can just tell. Uh, also, oldest Winston Churchill. Energy. Winston Churchill's an oldest child. That's the dude yeah. right there. I mean, yeah. who, who's he again? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Friend of who? 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 You're gonna stand next to Rihanna? <laughs> who? Who are you? Friend of the show. <laughs> <laughs> the original podcaster, you could say. Uh, really broken oh, down. Technically, yeah. I mean, I also wanted to talk about the oldest child in romantic relationships. Oh, so we're the, gonna turn the lights down real we're low. We're gonna turn the lights down Light a couple low. Couple candles for you. Light some candles. Put the vinyl on. The uh, the best pairing is an oldest. Sorry, the worst pairing would be an oldest <laughs> child with an oldest child. And Ooh, I feel like that kind power of power struggle. Exactly. Yeah. It is a power struggle from day one. You both want to be the leaders in the relationship. You both want to be doing everything for like. It just does not work very well. However, the best pairing would be oldest to youngest because the mm-hmm. youngest kid in a family is used to being taken care of and used to having to follow someone that's above them. And of course, the oldest child is used to taking care of people and leading. So take notes, fellas. Take Interesting. notes. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. 
Next up, uh, not going to say they're the best, but they are, is the middle child. I, I think after all of your yep. research, you can come to the objective conclusion that middle children simply, you know, you can't go wrong with them. I, uh, I'm going to let the research speak for itself because... Um, <laughs> we deal in facts here <laughs> we, on the show. Uh, we do come to that conclusion, though, I will say. So, what I like to hear? Here at Feed Picks, we are all second-born babies. Yep. We are representing... Second-born children can turn out in two ways, either introverts or extroverts. Awesome and fantastic. (laughs) Great and really great. You cannot go wrong. Uh, They're usually the ones who will create more meaningful friendships with uh, their outside friends. Yeah. I mean... I mean, friends of the show. Are we speaking truth out here? I mean, you know. Can I get an amen? Nothing but facts. Nothing but (laughs) facts. Amen, Amen, baby. Uh, They do this because if they don't get enough attention from their parents, because the oldest child will usually get the attention... They outsource their attention to others, That's and right. so they create really solid friendships. Shout uh, out Jim and Jen for neglecting me, so I have such good friends. <laughs> Just thanks, kidding. mom and dad. I, I love you both. MVPs. <laughs> um, and yeah, so like I said, they create really good friendships. They also are very good with uh, mediating and problem solving with people because. Um, whether you're a second born and didn't have a younger sibling or you had younger siblings, you're either mediating between the older child and the parent sometimes, or Mm -hmm. for me, in my case, where I have two younger brothers and one older, it was constantly me being the mediator. Just a battlefield. It was. Oh my gosh. All the time. I'm putting out fires. conflict. Um, and that can lead to an increase in maturity for the second born because, Obviously, you're dealing with so many problems, and you have that maturity. Up. You got to step up. Yeah, you either step up or or you don't. You and get crap down. Honestly, you don't really have a choice in the matter. Step up or be stepped on. Step up or be stepped on. That's the that's the motive. Middle kids are also more cooperative, flexible, and social overall. They are typically more relaxed of their families. Um, all around, just really cool guys. All around. Uh, great to be around. Really cool. Great taste in music. <laughs> excellent podcast hosts. Like, good looking, I heard. Uh, you know, I heard just, they are predisposed to be better looking because just, all the bad genes come out in the and first And that is why right. we have a podcast and not a YouTube series. That's hey. right. That's why you can't see us right now. Um, however... Unless you follow our Instagram. I, coming soon. Brad asked an interesting question. He was... he. <laughs> He just out of the blue said, uh, which of the birth order kids could be most likely to be serial killers? And just according to your curiosity, <laughs> just, just out of curiosity, not, not, like, not, us, not that I'm like asking about myself, but uh, most likely to be serial killers, according to murdermiletours.com. Now, I cannot. How reputable is They're, this they're fairly reputable. I looked at their, so they did a whole, they had a whole chart with all um, a list of 50 famous serial killers. They factored in gender, birth order, and their age. And um, what they did, what they said, is that um, this is what they found. According to the data that they pulled up, you are statistically twice as likely to be a serial killer if you are the middle or eldest child. Collar pull. Technically speaking, two of us here are the youngest children you and second born. Right, exactly, exactly. So, so Tom is I, the serial killer. Now, what we're hearing here... <laughs> uh, fellas, fellas. Let's uh, not point fingers <laughs> he's, over he's, here. He's giving us the uh, cut to the throat uh, <laughs> Wait, symbol. We, I believe like, cut that out? There's some subtle threatening going on behind the scenes. Sweating in here. Um, <laughs> it's getting hot in here? <laughs> yes. As we've seen above, the personality traits of the middle child is often determined by the traits of the eldest child. And so those two can kind of bounce off each other. And that's why... They may tend to become a serial killer. Interesting. Um, I thought that was an interesting little fact. Very interesting. Kind of a side note, but we're moving on. Famous middle children. We've got Ted Bundy, uh, <laughs> Jack the Ripper, 
Uh, we've got Kim Kardashian, Kim K, uh, a, a, a business queen. I, I think that speaks for itself. We've really. got Madonna. We've got MLK, the dude. Our boy MLK, friend <laughs> of the show. Friend of the show. <laughs> friend of the show. Bill Gates, Britney Spears, Anne Hathaway. Love you, Anne Hathaway. Princess Diana. Princess D. R.I.P. Princess R. I. P. D. Killed by a deep state. Can't believe <laughs> Investigate. it. Investigate. <laughs> I mean, that's just coming knowledge. Coming soon. Everyone Next episode. Everyone knows about it. The Princess Die Conspiracy. That's middle or we'll save that for twenty. Now this is I loved I loved this middle and second children in romantic relationships. I have a quote from Dr. Salmon from the Chicago Institute Dr. of Dr. Salmon Research. Oh. Is this an APA or MLA? This is gonna it's MLA. Okay. We are not okay. an APA okay. family. Okay. Okay. I just want to make sure these facts are straight. I, I appreciate it. If keep, it's APA, keep me in check. it is not verified. Middleborns are the type O blood of relationships. Oh, they go with anyone. A one size fits all. How about that? Isn't that something? As a general rule, middle children and second-borns tend to be good at compromise, a skill valuable to them as they negotiated between bossy older siblings and possibly younger ones. Couldn't be me. Let me tell you, <laughs> it does not get better than the middle child or the second Look, child. I mean, that's pretty much if all we have to If you want the best of both worlds. The research speaks for itself. Go in the middle. I mean, this is MLA. This is MLA research right here. You, got, right. you got the youngest children. That's, the, you know, too hot. Oldest children, too cold. What do you got children. in the middle there? The middle child? Just, just right. right. Just right. It's just right. <laughs> just right, baby. Now, uh, moving on to the youngest children, or the babies of the family. Also, me and Josh. Also, you and Josh. They tend to be, uh, they have good senses of humor, or at least try to have it. Oh, that's facts. Oh, oh we try. Uh, we certainly are, try. These are facts, first of all. My youngest brother, Isaiah, was always making jokes and always trying to be the center of attention. And it succeed, he succeeded, actually. Friend my parents. Of the show. Gave him a lot of attention look, because of it. Look at that follower ratio now. That's what I'm saying. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Speaks for itself. What a king. What a king. A social media no, A Hollister king, some might brand, say. A brand agent. A brand agent for Hollister. How about that? Shout out, Zaya. Give Love me some you. free merch, Zay. Love you. What are you doing, dog? I haven't got a single free shirt yet. Where's the merch? I haven't gotten anything. <laughs> I'm his brother. I thought, I thought I'd be getting lots of hot. This that's is besides the point. That's because you just going to steal it. Anyways. I, I have stolen it. That's beside the oh, point, too. Cut um, that, cut that. Serial I'm going to cut that out that I steal clothes from my younger brother. Um... As parents have had other children, they tend to be a lot more relaxed with the youngest kids. And again, this is so true. I tell you, my little brothers you get away with it. coming home late, taking the car out. I'm, I'm not trying to air my dirty laundry with my brothers right now, but you know, it comes with this study because all of this is so true. I'm reading this and I'm like, oh my gosh, that is, that's, that's my family. Um, by the third or fourth child, you just give up. I, you know, you're just kind of like, you know what? You'll be all right. You'll make it. You'll be okay. Maybe. They've had so much experience with the first and second child. I mean, look, if you don't make it, we we got two more. We got more. (laughs) We got two or three more. We got four chances for success. I mean, what what could, what could go wrong? You know? Um, also the younger child tends to be a little more irresponsible and less mature than the older siblings, depending on how their interactions and dynamics are with their siblings. Um, because if you have less interactions or if the age gap is a little bit wider, then you as a youngest child tend to have a better sense of your own identity and you aren't quite as trying to, uh, vie for people's attention. You right. Know? Um, moving on to famous youngest children, we have Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Cameron Diaz, Harry Styles, King, King, Ryan Gosling, King, King, King. Stop. King. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, Blake Lively, Angelina Jolie, George Clooney. I mean, Johnny Depp. The list goes on and on. I mean, look. Me and Josh, right? 
middle and youngest, I guess, technically. Second and youngest. Yeah, got, got a little, uh, got a little Clooney, does that, does Clooney Depp action here, you know? I consider myself more of a Gosling. More of a Gosling, I guess. Honest. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a Clooney. I got yeah. Clooney. I can, see, I can see he's a Clooney. Clooney vibes. I age like fine wine, <laughs> if that's what you're trying to say. I'm like a 2017 red. <laughs> was that like a what is that barefoot yeah it's barefoot it's gas station wine it's a pink moscato that's that white zinfandel shout out sutter home <laughs> sutter home hashtag studies now youngest children in romantic relationships the best pairing would be as i said before youngest and oldest we already kind of talked about go this go for the cougars fellas go for the cougars uh, you got the to cougs. you got to shannon is uh two months older than i am oh there you oh, go there you the is the youngest child so. oh interesting yes. very interesting uh the worst pairing is the youngest child with the youngest child. Ooh, because, shout out Shannon. Because youngest child with friend me. of the show. Of the it's, show. And it's because they both um, don't really want to take... But again, it it's kind of... It depends on how many siblings you have total. If you are two... If you're a two-kid family, um, the dynamic is way different than it is if you have three or more. True. Because there are more variables, obviously. True. However, the study shows that in a two- to three-person family... Um, if you put two of the youngest kids in a family together, they will tend to uh, not want to take the reins and like do adult responsibilities like bills or other things like that. So really, the only advice they give is if you're both the youngest kid, one of you just has to make an extra point to take the reins. And, well, and uh, when we're trying to choose a restaurant, <laughs> that's sentiment could not be any more no, true. nobody's grabbing those reins the one's taking the reins jesus has to take the wheel <laughs> because we're Get both riding in the back seat ben and uh we all love you a lot you're very, very you know super cool friend of the friend show of the show, friend friend of the show. show i'm sure. glad that thomas had to say that and not me i i'm glad you you just covered that you know i i said what you were thinking it's okay you know you don't know that brad true. was thinking anything it's true i know that brad was thinking I, i'm rarely thinking brad and anything. i say the same thoughts all the time actually so it's true. you know same wavelength that's how it goes Right. 10 years, baby. 10 years. And counting. Last but not least, we have uh, only child or the only children. They tend... AKA the worst. The worst. Just kidding. Only children out there. Don't unsubscribe. <laughs> Please don't, don't turn off keep, the podcast. Listen, I have listening. nice things to say about it's you. It's going to come around. Don't worry. Uh, the, only, the only children are uh, mature and responsible, and they tend to have oldest children traits. It's kind of... The, it's, it's a similar thing because... They don't have younger siblings to boss around, but they also uh, are only bossed around by their elders. And they're and so, still the guinea pig. And they're uh, still the guinea pig, yeah. exactly. So they there's that dynamic there. Um, and also, being a parent's only child, expectations are pretty high. Uh, That's true. Because, however, unlike a firstborn, they're not going to have to fight for their parents' attention because uh, they've got it. They're the only one. Who are you with? All the attention is on that only child. And that can be, they can go one of two ways, you know. It could be a good thing, it could be a bad thing, depending on how you look at it. Right. Um, but like I said, uh, there's not a whole lot to say about them that hasn't already been said, because they share so many traits with the oldest child. Mm-hmm. Um, they also, being in a household with only adults, leads the child to mature more quickly and copy the actions of parents, rather than hanging out with your two-year-old brother and, you know, doing dumb things all the time and, you know. but Listen out. They are missing out, let me tell you. I got it's a heavy loss. three brothers. I love it. <laughs> a lot of dumb things lot going of, on. A lot of dumb... I could do a whole episode on all the... Yeah, all the dumb things my brothers and I have done. Um, now, famous only children. First on the list, Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, that boy Leo. That boy Leo. Second on the list, Daniel Radcliffe. Oh. 
a, a little bit of a mixed bag. That I mean, Daniel. that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. We Some also of have stories of him being just blackout drunk on the Harry Potter sets. <laughs> uh, that's a topic for another time. That is a topic. For, I didn't actually know about that. Oh, yes. I would love to talk uh, about there that. There are whole scenes that he does not remember shooting. Wow. From some of those middle Harry Potter movies. You know, stardom will do that to you. That boy Daniel going off the rails. <laughs> we love you, Daniel. He's a friend of, friend of the show. We also have James Dean, Jack Nicholson, Alicia Keys, uh, Elvis Presley. Oh, friend uh, of the show, Elvis. Josh a f- a fan Elvis favorite. Fan. Josh is a huge Elvis fan. I am actually just Elvis. Now, we have only children in romantic relationships. Now, interestingly enough, they're not quite like oldest children when it comes to their relationships. Because, um, actually, I take that back. I said that completely wrong. Oh, my God. I know. No, I know. So I can't believe it. This whole Guys, thing has just been a sham. Train just fell off the tracks. It's I, all I don't know where that was. That now. was an APA. How are we supposed to believe anything point? you've said previously Listen, now that you've done this? I don't know how to recover from this. I, I can only move on. You really just can't. You know what? You can't look past. I got I to gotta move you on. got to keep moving forward. Listen. Only children can get along with the youngest kids, and this is because the dynamic of the oldest and youngest is the same. And... Uh, it would make sense that the youngest would pair well with a more bossy kid. Of you know course. what I mean? The worst pairing would be the oldest and only child that doesn't work for obvious reasons because you're Our both struggle. you're both the alphas. You want to take control, and it doesn't work. If I could just give a piece of advice, I would say maybe on the second or third date, go ahead and establish who has physical dominance over each other. <laughs> it's very important. And just, you know, get that dynamic just out of the way. Get a quick. get a nice arm wrestle or something you know, going on. Maybe, just maybe a thumb wrestle. Go on knockout. Uh, you know, have an unbiased third party do a tap out for you. That's right. You know, just go ahead and, and just get that out of the way. Something has to be done. Something's exactly. got to be done. Exactly. Now, that's all I've got on those. I do want to preface this or end this with, um, I think it's important to remember that although these... Uh, birth order things do factor into making you who you are at the end of the day you are who you are and there are a million other things in your life that make you who you are i'd like to go back for just one second i noticed that you glossed over a very damning piece of evidence against only children what's that now uh you failed to mention the most famous only child (laughs) of them all You know, uh, I, I kind not of, a uh, of not a friend of the show, not a friend of the show, yeah, not a friend of anybody. Uh, yeah, Adolf Hitler um, is a famous only child. I, I tried mean, to leave him out, but I, here we are. I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention. I, that. I know. You know, I will you, say you can't skew the facts. I will say he has a bunch of half brothers and sisters, but he himself is an only child. Look, just when you think of only children, just think of Hitler. We'll move on now. Think of Hitler. We'll move on. Just avoid only have children the second in general. One. Just have the second just, one. You know, that there's a precedence. Ladies and gentlemen, just have two kids. It's not <laughs> worth it. It's just not worth it. You can't take the risk. You, you really can't. You could can't. either get a Leonardo DiCaprio or you could get a Hitler. That's right. Okay. That's that's the spectrum. It's one that's or the a other. a big risk. Or you could get a Clooney <laughs> Maybe or a Gosling if you get two. You're really rolling the dice. You are. You really are. But the, your odds go up as you have more kids. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. And well, well, then uh, it's like if you have more kids, you might have a serial killer then. Yeah, I mean, it's so, just... I, is the moral whoa. of the story, don't ever have kids? I don't... I don't know. I don't know. I, I, don't know. I, I will hit I, that next episode. <laughs> yeah, we will We will cover that in the next We're episode. We're going to do a little more research Part here. two of birth order uh, research will be coming next week, you know? Um, that's all I've got. That was a beautiful talk. So how did you come upon this subject? I came upon this subject because I had to write a speech for my speech class um, two semesters ago. And my professor, shout out Professor Ryan, um, gave me a, a C on that speech. Uh, 
I was like, I did my research, and it was not only something I researched, it was something I was interested in, which I, was I thought say, was you cool. Seem, you seem very into this. I, I am, because I have three brothers, so I think it's so interesting. And when I talk about each one, like, I can picture the oldest child, my older brother, me, and then my two younger brothers. I mean, it's just, I think it's super interesting. So that's kind of why I chose the topic, because, I don't know, I find it to be very intriguing. It is very fascinating. Yeah. Thank you for uh, doing an extensive amount of research. Oh, yeah, you know, and uh, really glad that Word decided to crash today. I had I had written for at least two hours uh, all of my things I wanted Please to say. Make sure to file save multiple times during any presentation. PSA, you're probably sitting there right now at your desk doing something important, and you haven't saved in about two hours. This is your reminder to save, because you will lose it, and you might lose it, let me tell you, because I lost it for you a You know bit. what? I hope you lose it. If you haven't saved, you deserve this. You deserve it. Listen, guys, you're right. I deserved it. I, sh- I should have saved. I I mean... You're not going to forget now. It's okay. It's okay. It's all cemented in my brain now. Hey. It's on recording. We've got it here. It happened for a reason. That's right. I, I had to type it out twice, and I knew it twice as well. So There you go. And, uh, well, you know, moving right along to our last but not least, Josh's right. featured pick. Joshua Havrilla in the flesh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in here. Do a little little musical history lesson for everybody. Ooh, uh, nice. We're getting informed today. We're getting informed. Yeah. It's um today is not so much about putting something new on your playlist as it is about putting something new in that in that brain of yours. That's right. We're Let's just expanding minds here. We're we're all about <laughs> knowledge. This is we're pivoting to an education. We're podcast. crafting the next generation. We're we're, we're pitching this to Fulton County schools next week. <laughs> Want to see if we can be a full blown course featured picks. <laughs> It's basically just a directed study, but you don't actually have to do anything for it. You just yeah, you just sit and listen. You gotta to come us. in and talk for twenty minutes. Just anything you want to talk about. That is not a bad idea. That essentially is a directed study. I know because I did one and I didn't do shit. Yeah, that's class. right. That's right. You know, I wouldn't know. I was homeschooled, but yeah. I'm sure it was great. So that was basically every class for you, right? Every class for me was directed study. I did whatever <laughs> I wanted. <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> Anyways, anyway, anyways, we completely <laughs> stole that from. Josh. Well, I will jump I'm back sorry, in. Josh. We'll jump back in. I'm sorry, Josh. I hadn't even like done anything, so you're good. Okay, cool. Get out. I'll allow it this time. So I'm just gonna preface this with our listeners here. I know that there's probably a 95% chance that none of you have heard of either of these two people, but I guarantee you've heard of someone that they've heavily influenced, perhaps. Oh. Can you perhaps name, Let's name a couple that. of those a couple of those people that we might be familiar with? One of my all-time favorites, Emmy Lou Harris. Oh. And Graham Parsons. Oh wow. You love to see it. A now star. this is a this is a if you're if you're a crier at home, get the oh, get, get the get, get the Kleenex. Get those tissues ready. Get the ready. tissues ready. Hey. Cause this is this is a scorcher. That's right a tearjerker. I mean, this will get you. So Emmy Lou Harris. Singing in a dive bar, Washington D.C., probably like 1970, really 1971. Set, set in the stage, right? Set in the stage. I'm in your mind's eye. Graham Parsons this. strolls into said dive bar Ooh. and discovers Emmylou Harris wow. singing. Huh. Brings her along to be a backing vocalist. He says, "You're mine now." For his wow. for his little band. You're with me. Talk about talk about a come up. Seriously, yeah, uh, you definitely got lucky there. Yeah, yeah no kidding. lucky break for real. Yeah. Just like when Blue Apron comes by to scoop us Scoops up, us for, up <laughs> for our big break. Sponsorship money. So, they're touring for a while. Mm-hmm. Emmy Lou catches herself a classic case of little feelings for Mr. Oh, Parsons. How could you not? Caught those feelings. And to make it worse, Mr. Graham Parsons married 
at the time. Oh, saucy. Saucy. But spicy. But Emmy Lou, being an upstanding young country girl. Of course. That's right. She stays away. Good for her. Classy lady. Well, she stays away, but they have an intense chemistry that really draws. She's got her eyes on him. She's drawing him in. Get this, folks. They're recording an album together. The album is called Grievous Angel. G-R-E-I-V-O-U-S Angel, I believe. Like General Grievous? Yes, exactly. Named after General Grievous. Came out in the 70s. Um, So that's Graham Parsons' second album, right? And after they finished recording that album, Graham Parsons files for divorce. Ooh, sparks flying. We're in. We think we're in. Oh, 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 not so fast. <laughs> not so fast. I jumped the gun. Divorce happens. Mm-hmm. Graham Parsons, he heads over to Joshua Tree National Park. Kind of hang out, maybe clear his mind. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And he overdoses and dies Stop at the age Stop of 26. It. No way. Yes, Wow. Way. I cannot now, believe Now, was that. this like an intentional thing? Do you I, believe we, it's by suicide? I, or I was don't this... believe it was suicide, okay. but I do believe it was maybe... Perhaps fueled by the divorce? Fueled by the divorce somewhat. A little bit of everything. Like, just confusion, looking to escape. And also, he was probably already doing most of these drugs if he was a (laughs) 70s rocker. Yeah, that's a fair assumption. Um, We're not going to leave that out of the equation. So one of the main things from this... Well, not a main thing, but one of the things that stands out the most is a quote from Emmylou Harris after Mm -hmm. his death. Right? So... (laughs) She says, a couple of weeks before, I finally accepted the fact that I was in love with him. But you know, why even tell him? I was going to see him in a few weeks. Wow. I had all the time in the world. I was savoring the moment. I didn't want to say it over the phone. I wanted to say it in person. But I never got the chance. That is devastating. Oh my gosh. Devastating. That's crazy. You couldn't have like written that. (laughs) Wow. So, she uses kind of that heartbreak kind of throughout her entire career. Right, right. Several decades of inspiration Uh, from that. Yeah. Um, She writes, it's one of the most famous, like, gospel country songs, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, It's called Boulder to Birmingham. Oh. You would definitely recognize the chorus if you have some southern grandparents who throw on uh, RFD TV <laughs> when you're there. Um, are you telling me your Louisiana grandparents yeah, are putting yeah, on whole Emmy Lou? Say, you could say Emmy Lou's been played in the I'm, house. I'm calling me shocked. Yeah. Um, so that actually was the only song that she wrote about him until 2011. Wow. And this happened in like 1973. Wow. I letting it stew for a little while. Letting it stew. Letting it really build up. Absolutely. So... I want to give a little more kind of background on Graham Parsons because he actually has a very interesting um, life. Oh, very brief. Oh, yeah, let's hear but, it. So he was a member of a band called The Birds, B Y R D S, a lesser known huge band, if that makes sense. <laughs> like known at the time, at, the time. at yeah. the time, they were like almost neck and neck with the Beatles. Wow! Wow! wow. In some regards. Crazy how I haven't heard a bird song. Well, if you ask somebody that was kicking in the 60s and 70s, they'd tell you. Yeah. 
All of our all of our sixties and seventies babies out there, go ahead and shoot us a right. DM if you've heard of the birds. Shoot a DM, DM Instagram. I know. I, surely you have an Instagram, and surely you know what a podcast is. So and you're, def- you're definitely listening as well. <laughs> listen, listen, Nana, our target audience. Nana will be listening. Nana, I'm sure she knows the birds. Nana's twenty five follower playlist has the birds on it. We we will never go an episode without not mentioning Nana's playlist. The third consecutive week that we have mentioned Nana's playlist. Listen, and it's we're not going to stop anytime soon. Carry on. Also a member of the Flying Burrito Brothers. Oh, the Flying a Burrito brand Brothers, of that course. That is, I believe it's still an active band, but it has wow. no original members left. I think I read that. They just I, they well, just got all new members. Like, come on. I think there's like, at like that point? classically there's been overlap and overlap and overlap until it's just. Well, like, I mean. I, it's a diff- The name has changed slightly, but I think Burrito is still in it. The Flying Taco Man. I read this so on Wikipedia, are... so there is a small chance that it is not true, but I'm <laughs> really just sticking to it. is that I sabotaged his pick <laughs> by editing the Wikipedia article so he'd sound like an idiot. <laughs> and it worked. And it worked. And he believed it. And I'm going to jump back real quick to the birds. Go ahead. So Parsons, Graham Parsons, um, love, lover, uh, former lover of Emmylou Harris, right? Oh, yes, of course, of course. How could you forget? He replaced... A little man named David Crosby from the Birds, and I know what you're thinking. Whoa, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. That oh, David Crosby. Oh, could it be? No and way. I say to you, it is. <laughs> wow, David Crosby. No what way. Be? When he left the Birds, he kind of do his own little solo nice. act. Maybe do a little Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young That's action. Awesome. Mr. Graham Parsons comes in and fills in for a little bit, and then get this: Graham Parsons, after being with the Birds for a little bit, like a year or two, maybe, mm-hmm. he decides he's going to leave. Right. Mm. And where does he go? Oh. He joins a little group you might have heard of called the Rolling Stones. Oh. Uh, who's this now? Uh, the Rolling the, Stones. The what now? Rolling Stones. Where are they from? Um, the it's Stones? like the magazine. Oh, oh, the magazine. Rolling oh, yeah. Stones. No, I'm familiar yeah, with yeah. that. Rolling Stones. And um, he happened to join them for a certain album called Exile on Main Street, it's which like, it's like an underground may thing. or may not um, have a 10 out of 10 rating on Pitchfork <laughs> wow. and be one of their most revered albums of all time. <laughs> wow. Um, crazy about that. Um, so you could say it's an okay album. You could say it's, it's an okay it's, album. It's pretty good. You could also say he might have made the right decision. Yeah. He was Perhaps. there for that was that album. Then he essentially died after that. He wow. said, one and done. I'm out of here. I mean, um, that's a legacy right there. Yeah. And speaking of legacy... This was what really ties it all in. So many twists and turns. I'm on the edge of my seat. So many twists and turns. You see, Emmy Lou and Graham are heavily responsible for kind of creating this thing called the Cosmic Cowboy Sound. The Cosmic Cosmic Cowboy Cowboy. Sound. How would you describe it? I know what you're thinking, folks. You ever heard of a lady named uh, Casey Musgraves? Oh. A certain album, Grammy Album of the Year winner from recent, recent times? As of last year, of course. Maybe we don't quite get that album. Wow. If uh, maybe she never wins. together. Wow. Maybe she was never born. Maybe Crazy. she was never born. <laughs> she never Her parents never met because the butterfly effect. I don't know. There could I be mean, some sort of shift. In I time. would say it's pretty likely. Wow. Maybe I was never born. If the you never hear this sound. episode, this wow. this podcast would not exist. In fact, podcasting as a platform wouldn't even exist without the cosmic cowboy. Thank sound. Thank you, cosmic cowboy sound. Wow, and your ripples through time. Say that five times fast. Cosmic cowboy sound. That's actually pretty easy. <laughs> it's a beginner. It's That's a beginner true. one. It's a, it's a starter. It's a starter one. The hardware one's a later. And I guess one more kind of there's more influence sound. I would mm-hmm. say there's a band called First Aid Kit. Oh, oh very familiar. Yeah, with them. Um, pretty familiar in our circle. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a song called Emmy Lou. That's right. Named after her. Oh, makes sense. And it's, the song basically talks about singing with the person you love right so we have she, they mentioned emmy lou and graham 
and then they also mis- mention uh, June Carter and Johnny Cash. Wow, uh, that's really the song, cool. And that's I mean it's a beautiful song. They performed it live actually at this like banquet, and Emmy Lou was there. Oh wow! Like watching, that's and so like, cool. Emmy Lou teared up. Oh, I, took, oh, I teared she up. Did. Everyone I teared did. Up. I'm crying. She's crying. Everybody was crying. <laughs> We're all crying. Um, yeah. So I want to leave you actually with a couple song recommendations. We probably won't play them on here just now, but it's gonna be Boulder to Birmingham was that one from 1973 that I mentioned about uh, the passing of Graham Parsons. Then we have another song that's on the Graham Parsons album itself, the oh. Grievous Angel one. Yes, and it's, it's called, named after the Star Wars. It's Jack, the General Grievous. The one that I would recommend is it's a cover of the famous song "Love Hurts." But it's both of them singing together on that album that he, they recorded before he died. Wow. Very poetic. And then, let's see, one more for the fans. Gotta say it's my favorite Emmy Lou song right now. And that song is called Where Will I Be? And that song is from 1995. So, good year. Not as good as 96. It wasn't as good as 96, I'll say. It it's a couple decades after she kind of first broke into the scene. So it's a lot. It's, it's a late bloomer. It's not really a country song, okay. I would say. Um, we listened to it uh, earlier, yeah. and I it, I agree. It's not quite like a country twang. It's it's almost classic country, which is more respectable, I feel like. And she has like kind of her age shows in her vocals a little bit. Yeah, how old is she at this point? Uh, I think 70s? she was born in like the 50s or maybe. Okay. I'm not 100% sure on that. Like I think she was born something. in the 50s. Can we get a number crunch on that? Yeah, well, that'll be on the... We'll put that on the story. I uh, almost counted again, but I decided against it. <laughs> you don't have enough fingers to count. I don't have enough fingers. Yeah, I don't have 67 fingers. So from there... He does. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's now would be a great time to transition maybe into our Discover Weekly section. I wow. think so. Well, that was a beautiful talk, Jeff. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I feel enlightened. I enjoyed that. That's it's not it's too about. often that I can get a... What, what, how did you describe it? Cosmic Cowboy? That's right. A Cosmic Cowboy You got it right. Lesson. Yeah. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. <laughs> yeehaw. Yeehaw, we'll, we'll, end you, we'll end that one with a hearty yeehaw. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, I think man. for Discover this time, we're going to start with Tom. That's right. Take it off with Tommy T. So my pick is... One oh, more, please. Drum roll, please, oh, as he please. searches for the notes. Another unprofessional move. You, just, oh, you hate to see oh, it. Okay. The laptop is not a coming lot back of, next oh, episode. A lot of the humor uh, on this up. show is based on Thomas doing dumb things. It's and, because um, me and Brad are the alpha second childs, and Tom is the middle of two. I'm the, still the second child. But well, he's see, the middle. He's I have middle. that. We're I, if anything, I'm more alpha because I'm above two kids. What you weren't aware of is one of those power struggles that we <laughs> talked about took place uh, a couple years ago and me and Josh pretty dominantly came out on top. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was two on one. There was I, no I couldn't do anything about it. No it, was, it was pretty one-sided. Uh, <sighs> My Discover Weekly pick. <laughs> This always happens. Every Discover Weekly is you something. This, you do this every you do single this time. Every time you never let me speak. My Discover Weekly pick yes. is From the Dining Table by the one and only Youngest Child. Oh. Harry Styles. Oh. That's a wow. callback. That's a callback wow. earlier in the episode. A, a same episode callback. That's and a, let me just tell you, I am a huge fan of the Harry Styles rebrand. I am Much too. like that John Mayer rebrand. Very similar. Listen, Very similar pivot. They they have done some good work. I, I don't know. Man, was I a One Direction hater? Yeah. Here I am listening to that whole wow. Harry Styles album. Look, it's it's a business play, right? 
you you get in with the popular crowd. That's right. You get yep. the numbers, and, and then, then follow. It. That's what we're doing right here in the podcast. Niche. That's yeah. right. That's right. Except we uh, have already found our niche, and we're only going to get narrower. That's right. <laughs> it's getting very That's right. Um, yeah. So my my song is from the dining table, and it's from a self titled album, Harry Styles. And that album is there are so many good songs. I don't think I could name a bad one. Um, from the dining table specifically, though, is one of Harry's favorite songs. So he says it's one of his most personal, and he talks a lot about this girl. Of course, it's always about it's a girl. Always it's a gal, always Harry. a gal. That boy Harry's always, he's always a gal. got a gal. Such a player, follow. Harry with the Such hair. Such a player that one. That hair, I tell you, he's no good. He's no good. That Harry, he's no good for my. He was never good for you. <laughs> um, this song, it's very melancholy. It gives you kind of a feeling of hopelessness. And um, I, I feel like I want to just let the song play speak for itself. Yeah, we'll give them a so little we're going to just jump into it. Um, here is From the Dining Table by Harry Styles. That was from the dining table by Harry Styles. I I enjoy listening to this song because it just it can only amplify a sad mood, and it's just you know sometimes you need that when you're feeling bad. Sometimes you just gotta feel real bad. Right. I mean, sometimes you gotta commit song. to that emotion. Sometimes I don't know if I've ever been sad and been like I'm gonna really make an effort to be happy right now and put on a, high, a happy track. I find that I just tend to gravitate towards those if I'm ever feeling kind of sad, and it just they just happen to come on, and I'm like you know what here we are. You just I'm gotta wallow to in it, it for a little while. You gotta wallow in it. Yeah. I mean, a few a few lines that stand out for me. Um, he talks about we haven't spoke since you went away. Comfortable silence is so overrated. Why won't you ever be the first one to break? I mean, heart wrenching. So sad. Who's doing this to Harry Styles? Harry. Who's breaking Harry. your heart? You're I would never do this to him. Better than that, Harry. You it's, you are better than it's this. Josh Abrilla. It's me. I'm breaking his heart. <laughs> Josh, Josh is the he's the subject matter of, of from the dining table by Harry Styles. It, it says here on Genius. Multiple <laughs> songs from the album are about me. There was a comment made about 37 seconds ago uh, from from a, a there user. Was a, there was an unreviewed Genius submission that says this is about Josh Havrilla. Josh closes his phone. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> um, and you know he talks about maybe one day you'll tell me that you're sorry too. Uh, says it about. Four times, and it's just, it Very really, sober. it's, it's the heartbreaking. The falsetto part really gets me. It is. I love, I love when, um, so it's Harry, and then it's him also in his falsetto, and it's very pretty. Josh and I earlier did a little duet. It um, was pretty, and it was pretty heart-wrenching, honestly. honestly. Better than the original? I, I was going to say better, yeah. I, we, we're, we're not going to release it, just because we don't want to yeah, take wanna, away from the significance of the song. We don't want song, Harry to hate us for upstaging him. Crazy how I lost the invite to the duet. Yeah, uh, crazy how you well, didn't I mean, just join in. It was just in. a two-person it was right thing here. Um, I mean, the song, so we I, just, I don't know. Just Listen, Brad, there's there's two voices. There's We just jumped in, and it's, you I mean, were... It's like we're on air, and everybody's going to know that I was excluded now. Well, I'm, listen. Tom's kind of maybe trying to regain some alpha here. I, listen, I might, be, I might be vying for uh, Josh's attention, and... Wow. You got to deal with that. 
That's a callback. Wow. That's a callback, baby. Tune in every week to find out who's on top <laughs> this round. <laughs> Uh, well, that was that was my song. I, I I love that song. I think it's one I felt I should share with our audience of now probably six or seven. That's being hopeful. That's that's up there. But if uh, yeah. if Nana could just go ahead and plug the show to her twenty five <laughs> yeah, followers, I mean, put an episode on the end of the playlist. Right, just People toss it, it in there. Maybe um, put it on the beginning of the. Playlist. We'll get the stream numbers by accident. <laughs> <laughs> they, they'll start it and realize what they're listening to and change it somewhere else. But it'll count. Much like everyone else, it'll count. Our drop off after five seconds is a hundred percent. We're just talking to ourselves. The top right comment is just, oh, I didn't mean to listen to this. Oops. What is this? What? Who are you guys? They let you make this? So uh, I'm going to toss it over to Josh here for his Discover Weekly pick. What do you got for toss. us? I mean, yeah, a little oh, underhand oh, toss. Oh, 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 hey, 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 drop it. Hot potato. This week, folks, we're talking about, I mean, maybe you heard, the tallest man on earth. Have you seen him? He's so tall. He's so tall at five foot seven. What does that make me? I'm a giant. Tallest man on earth, new album. But I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of hone in on just one track. Oh, let's hear it. The song is called "My Dear." Why don't we just go ahead and play it right off the bat? Give, the, give him a little taste. Yeah. I look for nothing and I feel alright Stillness in the ways I try And then you walk on by And that was My Dear by The Tallest Man on Earth from his new album, I Love You, It's a Fever Dream. Oh, I know, isn't that very romantic? First album since 2015 for our man. Been a bit of a drought. We had five singles in 2018 that were just kind of, I think he just had them and he wanted to throw them out. They were good songs. I liked them. Yeah. But they didn't really fit with this project. So the opening kind of verse or lines that I liked was My body's in the summer storm, and my mind is in the feeling after. Old memories, I can't let go. I'm moving on, but they run faster. Wow. I was like, I, I enjoy that a lot. It sounded like you were doing some spoken words. It did. I was going to say, it sounds like spoken words. We need my like body's it. in the summer storm. <laughs> and my mind. <laughs> Cynthia. <laughs> Cynthia. All right. Anyway, we're back. And it's kind of, that line kind of summarizes the theme of the song as a whole, I would say. Um, he just he keeps trying to like move on from this experience or this person, um, and just everywhere in his life he kind of they keep coming back in like a memory or in person or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, like one line he goes, um, he's the recurring line that keeps coming back up is just and then you walk on by and then he goes into the that tasteful little banjo riff um, there. Oh, you love it. Um, Gotta love it. Very classic tallest man. Um, he does yeah, love his banjo. He does, and I love him for it. <laughs> and you know what? And we love I him. I also love his banjo. <laughs> so it just, he plays all these different little verses, different little verses, and then you walk on by, blah, 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 whatever. Whatever the says. Whatever the you know, you know how it goes. But yeah, that's just kind of the theme. It just, it keeps coming back to him, whatever the, yeah. the hardship or feelings he has. Another very somber song. Yes, um, of course, but... 
It's sad boy hours it's, it's, here. It's, it's, it's real sad, sad but hours. it kind of falls back almost into that there's a, there's mildly a silver upbeat, lining. melodic right. music accompaniment. Yeah, it comes around. The... Exactly. It's, like uh, it's like the song I did last week. That's the, a it's okay. That's a callback. It's okay. All right, I'm alive. Yeah. It was a very that, upbeat. Right. It, Lyrically, overall. maybe not Lyrically, so much no, all the time, but... It's a nice dichotomy, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Duality of man. Uh, oh, It's like wow. what I like to say on the show. Um, <laughs> as, as we say here uh, in our past but, two like, episodes. So one of the things I, I like the most about Tallest Man is... Specifically on this album is the height of him and how he, it kind of sounds like the way he records the instruments and vocals really, it sounds like you're just kind of sitting like outside by a fire or something. He's just kind of playing. It's very authentic. Cause yeah, that's cool. he, the, the guitar, the banjo, it's not like very loud, you know, and his voice is very kind of soft as well. But yeah. I think it just plays very well together. Very kind does. of ambient. I feel like the harmonica like, too. Yeah. It's very faint, but you, it's it's like oh, there's a guy over there across the field playing harmonica. Yeah. I feel like you would uh, make a immaculate playlist for if we ever went up to the mountains or uh, something. That's, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Josh's Guilty. entire his his like what's the word I'm looking for? His environment, his ideal environment. Yes, that's that's true. Up in the mountains, baby. He's a mountain man. I'm a mountain man. He's got the mountain man beard and everything. <laughs> that's right. Born for it. Yeah. And I guess without further ado, oh. ending on a we'll, uh, we'll bring it over to Brad on ending, an upbeat ending on note, a very different note. on a different note, <laughs> very as, different. as is a common theme with the show. <laughs> so it goes. <laughs> we're we're taking quite the one eighty here. Uh, so my featured pick this week is is pretty much everything but uh, a somber acoustic track. Uh, this is a song called "Better Now," which you may recognized as one of Post Malone's song, but this is not the Post Malone version. That's this right. is a, a rendition by uh, Blanks, who I'm I'm honestly not a fan of all of his <laughs> other music. I tried it. It's not for me. But he does a really great cover of Better Now by Post. It's and really it's, cool. it's in this style where it sounds like it's this like eighties pop glam like song like it sounds mm-hmm. like it could be like an ABBA song I love the category 80s pop glam <laughs> I, I love it I love it just... that it's there's more than one song like made in the last exactly. year exactly oh, yeah. absolutely 80s pop it makes it's me, coming around it makes me think of the Daft Punk uh, music video with like all the the glimmering uh, yeah. effects oh, yes. you know what I mean that's yeah. what I think of the like, get lucky video it's, like, it's kind of like fuzzy and everything and maybe, beautiful lighting maybe effects. some yeah. face makeup right who's to say I don't know per- Perhaps. Possible inspiration for a future photo shoot? Who knows? Who's to say? Did we start the podcast just so we could have an excuse to do photo shoots? Yes. Yeah, we, we did yes. them before the podcast, that was but now we have a reason to do them. <laughs> exactly. We don't have to feel as ashamed about it anymore. That's right. And we never um, will anyway, so. But anyways, on, on pure concept alone, I kind of wanted to hate the song. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, I was like, 80s pop glam cover of Post Malone? <laughs> that sounds like some garbage. That's a mouthful. But... Let me tell you, I have been tapping my toe to this song for a couple days now. We'll, we'll give you a little taste so you can see for yourself. This is Better Now, covered by Blanks.
So that was Better Now by Blanks. Um, but yeah, I think he kind of nails that style pretty perfectly with that. He's got this the synth in the background, the like electronic drum samples. It's, and it's a total tone shift from yeah. post song because the original version is very much, it's kind of like a, like a, I don't know, he's, he's, very, he's not very happy about it. No, yeah. But this is kind of one that you kind of have your arms over your head, you're clapping your hands yep. to it at the concert, you know? Again, it's, it's the sad lyrics, happy music kind of thing. It makes a big difference. That's a callback. That's that a callback to about probably two minutes ago, ten minutes ago. But I, I think it's it's a really nice uh, approach to hip-hop covers because it's always, every time you hear like, oh, so-and-so covered a hip-hop song. It's, it's always like, like acoustic. some acoustic. It's, it's yeah. acoustic. Oh, yeah. I did an indie folk cover of this yeah. 21 Savage song. Like, <laughs> like And it's cool. always garbage. Cool. It always sucks. It's never, ever better than the original. I will say um, John Mayer's cover of XO by Beyonce. That's different though. It's pretty. That's good. John Mayer. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. That's all I'm saying. It's pretty good. Right, but I just want. Yeah. I just want to. Uh, all right, all right. Shout all right. it out. We'll, we'll, we'll let you have that. We'll let you the John Mayer. Let me have it. Let me have shout it. Shout out Jam. We're moving on. Friend of the um, show. But yeah, it's it's a refreshing, a refreshing take of a hip hop cover. It's a bold take, and he did it's it a very, very bold well. Take. I mean, I, I think yeah, I think um, like our friend Josh kind of said. Our friend True. Josh sent shout it. out Josh Birdsell. Josh Birdsell, he sent us that this could be his uh, song pick, you know? You could say that. Although he didn't send us his feet picks. He That's right. That's right. Song, he just sent so us the song. It wasn't official. It's a half pick. It wasn't official. It's a half pick at best, Josh. Step it up. You can do better. Come on, man. You, come on. Um, but he said he sent it and said, this guy almost nails it. <laughs> and uh, I disagree. I think that he nails it at about 98%. Like, I think that there's a 2% of me that's kind of like, but it's really good. I think he accomplished exactly what he was going for. I agree. I agree. And that's how I, that's how I feel is that he said he did what he set out to do. Yeah. It's uh it's a real toe tapper. A real a nice a nice windows down bop. It is. I'm going to be listening to it this summer for sure. I tell you. It's probably I mean it's on our playlist, folks. Yeah, uh, this is a good time to plug our playlist in case you haven't followed it already. That is also available on the Instagram bio. You can access it through our Instagram bio. On the Save Story. On the Save Story. That is at Featured Picks on Instagram. You can also find us on Twitter. We're not nearly as active on there. Instagram is just, it's more popping for us. Instagram's where it's at. That's, you know, Twitter's for memes, Instagram's for everything. You miss our beautiful faces when we're on the show here. You know, you, we gotta give them to you somehow. Don't you want to know what we look like? I mean, go go check out our Instagram. <laughs> like every other day, don't know. you want to see a photo of us every other day? <laughs> Everyone at home just says a, re- a resounding no. Really, no. I'm audience. about to meet y'all. I don't really care. <laughs> um, but yeah, we update a our Spotify playlist with our Discover Weekly picks every week, and yeah. um, it's an eclectic collection. But it's uh, it's it's our favorite stuff. It, As it's, I like to say. All variety, but all quality. That's right. All that's killer, right. no filler, baby. All killer, that's no filler, what, baby. That's what I'm saying. Uh, well, again, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, uh, this has been episode three of Featured Picks. Thanks for sticking with us this long. Uh, we've had a really great time doing it. We hope you've had fun listening. Uh, again, you can send us your hashtag Feet Picks yep. uh, if you want a chance to be shouted out on the show, if you want us to review something you've been bopping to or Please looking at. Please give us material to use. We're running low. <laughs> Lordy, I am. let me tell you, I could use some Feet Picks. <laughs> I, could use a, I could use a really good Feet Pick right now. I mean, just send them. Just send them. Send it either way. Just send one. Uh, go ahead and subscribe to us if you like what you hear. If you listen on a weekly basis, uh, subscribe to us. We're on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. You, you name, name it. it. We're on it. Give us a review, too. That helps a lot. It also gives um, a pretty nice inflation to our ego. Yeah. Um, Very important. That's the most important, If actually. we get a one-star review, we will quit the show. 
Uh, or we'll just like get your address or I something. I will hunt you down. We will find whatever. out who gave it. I'll never make a public appearance ever again. There's no such thing as an anonymous review. I will be shattered. Yeah. Uh, anyways, everybody, this has been episode three of Feet Picks. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.